Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Thursday, March 3rd, for uh, for another uh, the NBA. Still, we still got NBA. MLB, when is that going to come back? Maybe never. Who knows? Uh, we'll have to see. They canceled the first two series of, uh, of the Major League Baseball season. So we're going to be playing late season NBA into, for a while, for a while now. But uh, but at, at, as you've seen this past week, I'm still recovering from uh, from from COVID. So my, my voice is slowly coming back. It's slowly coming back. So I'm going to need some help in the YouTube chat. As always, give me those thumbs ups on your way in the door. Hit that like button. Helps us out. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit anything you want on the screen. Hit anything you'd like. Uh, good morning, Suki Singh, Matt Mears, Trey. Another Discord member, another 100K, easy peasy. Yes. Yes, so someone in our in our Roto Grinders Discord. Uh, long time member, Max Hankin. Uh, yeah, he's been around for a while. Uh, hit the, the fadeaway yesterday on DraftKings with, uh, you know, I didn't play yesterday. I mean, I was following some stuff, but I didn't play. But it was, uh, you know, kind of the chalk. A lot of the chalk failed. We had two overtime games. The the Pacers Magic game went to overtime. The Rockets Sun, the Rockets Jazz game went to overtime. Even the Rockets, the Rockets were like 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 seventeen point underdogs or something. They went into overtime. So uh, so obviously, if you get a bunch of these overtime players, right? Malcolm Brogdon, eight percent owned, sixty five points. Wendell Carter put up a game on, not, not a flame emoji, but Kevin Porter at 2%, 43 points. Uh, Isaiah Roby uh, played, played a ton uh, for, for the Thunder. Uh, he got 51 points for 4,400, uh, but also Poku. Poku, I mean, he, I mean, 4,135 points. So, uh, so Trey Lyles was chalky, uh, and uh, he played like 20 minutes and barely did anything. So he got like 11 points. But he was still towards the top. I think I think some top lineup still had Trey Lyles in it. Uh, we could take a look. What was the first Trey Lyles lineup? Gabe Vincent did well. Wasn't in the winning lineup. You didn't really need him. I mean, as long as you had gotten the low-owned, you know, high-scoring guys, you, you you really didn't need that. Let's see. Can we find can we find the first lineup that does not have that does have Trey Lyles? So he did appear. I mean, if we take a look here. Just under exposures, Trey Lyles still appeared 33% of top 1% lineups. Uh, same for Cameron Payne. It's not like, you know, he, he got like, what, 6X or something for 4,300. He uh, was still 52% owned. I saw on Twitter that that the coach said that it, he was only going to be playing in like five-minute bursts or something. So so I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming his projection must have went down uh, after that after that news, but he still ended up at 52% owned. I understand Cameron Johnson. I mean, when you have no uh, Booker there and Paul's out also, obviously there's going to be a lot of usage to go around. Uh, but let's, let's take a look at the leaderboard. Is there, there, where's the first Trey Lyles lineup that let's see. No, there gotta be something up here, right? Trey Lyles. I mean, he was mega owned. Let's see. Oh, here we go. 14th place. All right. Trey Lyle, 62% owned, 11 points. Right. There were a lot of people. Look, RJ Barrett, Tyler Hero. There were a lot of guys in that single digit percentage owned that had great games. Terry Rozier, 2% owned. 
this is one of those slates where where the, the chalk failing gave you a lot more options, a lot more ways to win. Okay, that's typically what happens when when a lot of the chalk fails. Because we could see here, Lyles failed, Payne you didn't need, Pope you'd probably rather have, Cameron Johnson you'd probably rather have, but I mean, not he didn't put up a nuclear score, right? Aiden Aiden pretty much failed for a win. Harden you didn't need at eleven two. Gabe Vincent did well. Jokic failed at twelve four. Bridges, I mean, that Suns game was just out of control, so he didn't see the the, the end of the game. C.J. McCollum apparently was chalky at nine thousand. Uh, Forty points ain't gonna cut it for nine thousand. Mitchell, Mitchell got there, right? The Aaron Fox didn't. Ingram did okay. I mean, he did fine. Rudy Gobert. I mean, now we, but now we're getting into like fourteen percent, twelve percent ownership. Just a lot of stuff, you know, getting the right people in here. But I mean, Elijah Hughes apparently was a play yesterday, 8%. Is there a reason for that? Did he start for Portland? Ball, LaMelo Ball, and what happened there? Did he get injured? 11.5 points. Butler, 16 points. Kevin Love, nothing. No, there were some landmines, some in this range. If we see here, you got, you know, hey, you get you get you get two overtime games. You get you get five players out of the year, eight players in overtime games. <coughs> You're probably gonna do well. Uh, we have awesome underneath here, right? With Cameron Payne, Mo Bamba. He did well for 4,900. So this is a good lineup, also. Right, you know, Hank Max Hank can just beat him out by a couple of points. Underneath here. <clears throat> right, Giannis wasn't needed. Seems like the high-priced guys you didn't need. There were a lot of way, a lot of ways to win yesterday, and uh, and Max uh, with the hundred uh, K, his biggest, his biggest win. He's been playing for a while. He's been playing for a while. Uh, but uh, that's that typically that that's what I'd say about DFS. If you're a GPP player in DFS, it's all about it's it's. I think the two most important things, the two the two hardest, if you want to call it the hardest things. I talked about this in the Roto Grinders Discord the other day. The two hardest things about being a DFS player, especially if you're just playing GPPs, is one managing your bankroll. Okay, managing your bankroll because uh, the goal in GPPs is is are these types of days. And your goal is to have one of these types of days a year. That's it. Maybe two, right? Maybe not two firsts. Let's get somewhere close to the top five, maybe two or three times a year. A year. That's it. A year. Okay? You live for that. So it's about managing your bankroll so you could survive to see these days. You can play well every single day and lose 90 plus percent of the time. Right? That's normal. You live for the, hopefully the other 10% of the time, maybe 1% of that time, you're in line for you know a big payday. So surviving long enough, playing well, surviving long enough to get these, these binks is, is the name of the game in DFS GPPs. So you could go long periods of time just losing, right? Not losing all your money every slate, but, you know, minus 20%. Minus 30%, some minus 90s. Sometimes you make a little plus 5%, something like that. 
on a bunch of entries, right? I think he had 48, 40, 41 entries, right? Like I don't, I don't play 150 every slate or anything. Right? You're gonna, you're gonna put in 41 entries times 15 is what? $615. A lot of days you're gonna get back like 485, right? Or 360, something like that. Or maybe, maybe, maybe uh, 722. Oh, you made a little bit of bounce. That's gonna be that's gonna be most days. You're gonna be fluctuating like that. But if you if you're not patient, if you're not studying every day and playing well and being patient and not going, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta up, I gotta, I gotta up my my volume to make up for, for losing, right? Chasing your losses, you're gonna put yourself in a bad position. No, you want to manage your bankroll so you could live to see these days. The second hardest thing is the mental, the mental side of grinding every single day, knowing that, you know, you're going to play 300, and, 300 plus days a year, right? Different sports, right? NBA, MLB, NFL, maybe you're playing the late slates, especially NBA where there's post-lock stuff to do. You always got to be around just lineups and, uh, and you're going to lose like 90, 90% of the time. So a lot of days you're going to be like, uh, I, I put in, I, I put in three hours of work right for late swaps and whatever you know you paid attention to it and you're losing money and just that day after day after day and you get tired sometimes 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 you should take a day off right so if you're playing every single day multiple sports it's it's it, you get burned out right you try to play well it's just like you keep on playing it's not, it's not about a frustration factor about not winning just a matter of just let's just mental burnout just every single day doing, you know, the, doing the same process, same thing, especially when you get to the dog days of uh, summer with baseball. When August comes around, assuming this baseball season starts, right, obviously. And then you've been playing MLB like every day, every, you know, it's May, it's June, it's July, and now it's August. It's like NFL's coming back. It's like, MLB, just like, okay, check the starting lineups, make your stacks, change your pictures, all that type of stuff gets very monotonous. So being able to, to be focused on a day-in and day-out basis, that, that's tough also. And then living, living long enough to get the binks. You're living, for, you're living for like two or three days a year. That's it. That's it. If you, if, even if you're playing well. So someone like Max, there's someone that I, I've talked to probably for a bunch of times the past past few years. And you go on downswings, you're like, should I just quit? Right? I've, lo I've lost 40% of my bankroll. Like those are downswings. But you play well and live long enough to get these up big, 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 big upswing spikes. And that's what happens. Jupocalypse says in the chat, uh, one, build good lineups, two, survive until the big. Yeah, there you go. Right, Rupster says uh, the great thing about NBA DFS is that you don't bleed as much as other sports. Not necessarily. It it, re it all depends on how diversified you are. Some people, it, if you don't mind bigger swings and you know you're playing much more exploitatively, like sometimes the swings will be big. Sometimes sometimes you're going to bleed more. It depends on how diversified you are. Ah. Uh. 
like in, in NBA, I mean, it's a much more projectable sport. So, I mean, if, if you're, if you're sticking a lot with uh, the projections, you're, you're rarely by, even if you're playing 50 lineups into like the fadeaway or something like that, it's very rare that you, it's, it's, it's quite rare that you lose more than half your money. Uh, today on FanDuel, they got the, they got a, they got a cheapo 150. A three dollar and thirty three cent one. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play that tonight, right? If I can play one fifty for under five hundred bucks, I'm gonna play it. I know there's like one hundred and seventy six thousand entries or something like that, but why not? Whenever, whenever, whenever DraftKings and FanDuel run run the the cheapo one fifties, typically I play that. Because uh, also, with the read, the reason why I like playing the really large field stuff like that with the with the cheapo the cheapo entries, like when the uh, when DraftKings does like the micro millions, right? They'll do a five dollar, you know, one fifty max. Even though there's a lot more entries, uh, the amount of one fifty max type of players, and typically, typically, players that enter one hundred and fifty lineups are good players. Typically, typically, right? Well, at least ones that are around a while. You're not, not going to be around that long if you're a bad player entering one hundred and fifty lineups every. You're not, you're not going to be around, but three months down the road, we're not going to see you anymore, right? You're going to be broke. Uh, uh, the larger the field is, the number of people that enter 150 te- typically remain around the same. So there will be more lineups from bad players. Okay. So if you, in a, in a normal contest, like I think on the fadeaway, for instance, how many, how many, uh, how many entries are in the fadeaway? 31,372. I, uh, a good 40% of those entries are from players that are entering 150 lineups. Like if we, we could even sort, I think we could sort by this. So let, let's count, right? I just want to show you, the, I want to show you the difference. This is a, this is a, this is a concept, okay? So we got 31,372 entries, okay? So if we go, I just sorted it by rosters. So we got one, two, how the screen is this? One to 100. Okay, so if we get all the way down here. Okay, okay, we don't get up to 100. I mean, we get some that have 120 entries, 110 entries. They're still good players, right? Like Crafty Lefty, Ab- Abalone and Ads, right? They're still good players. Hoglarts has 70. Cheese has 70. So they're still good players. And how many 150 matches? So you get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, we got up to Utica at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 41, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 50. 51, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 60. 61, 62, 63, 64, 65. So what's 65 times 150? 9750, okay? So how many entries are in this contest? You got 9750 divided by 31,372, which is 31% of the entries. 
right? 0.3107, okay? So 31% of the entries into this, this fadeaway contest yesterday were made up of entries from users that play 150 lineups, okay? Now, the amount of users that play 150 lineups typically doesn't change that, that, that dramatically, right? Depending on the, from day to day. Maybe, maybe today in the fadeaway, there's 62 of them. Maybe there's 71, right? Maybe there's 50, 58. It, it, it's not going to change that much. But the contest size may change. Let's say this was a $5 contest, right? Let's say this was a $5 contest, and instead of 31,000 entries, there were <coughs> 90,000 entries. Well, if we have the same amount of 150 maxers, that only now makes up 10.8% of the, the number of entries in the contest. Even if you even if you increase the number of 150 maxers to let's say up to 80 or 90, that still represents a much smaller percentage of the overall field. This is assuming that players that typically enter 150 lineups tend to be better players, right? So their hundred, their 150th lineup is probably much better than a lot of random person's one line or two lines. So that's why when the entry fees go down and the field size gets bigger, there's more likely to be bad lineups in that contest. Okay. Which means, yes, it's, it's harder to win first place. Yeah. There's a lot more people, a lot more entries you got to beat, but the percentage of great entries, great players goes down because the field size is bigger. So that's why on days where FanDuel has $3.33, 150 max. Or when Fan, when DraftKings sometimes $6 or whatever the hell, whatever they call it type of thing. Return to million or the return to the court or whatever the, whatever the name they give. I'm much more likely to play those. And now I'm entering 100. Now, of, of course, now I'm becoming an 150 maxer. But the percentage of lineups in the contest made by the expert play, expert of expert players has gone down, which gives my floor, which raises the floor of my overall portfolio. Because my lineups, my lineups aren't going, going to be bad. So on a, on a $3 contest on, dra- on draft, it's $3.33. So the max enter, that's $499.50, so about 500 bucks. So it's, it's my, the floor has raised. So a lot of days, even if I don't come close to first place, I'm going to put in about 500 and get back like 380 bucks, $415, right? Even if I miss on a ton of things, only because there's so many more bad lineups in that contest, as opposed to the fadeaway with 30 to 32%, 33%, of the lineups are made by pretty pretty damn good players. That if I were to do 150 lineups into the, the $15, which is $27.50, right? There'll be a lot of day, there'll be a lot of days that I I only I get back fifteen hundred, right? I get back a thousand, something like that, which is a lot lot a lot lower return on the bad days. Because my floor isn't as high. But on FanDuel, 
or on the, the smaller, you know, if you play the, like on, on the NFL, they always have that 20 max, like $3, 150,000 entries, whatever type of contest, the play action, which is one of the hardest, maybe the hardest contest to win on, on DraftKings. <coughs> Harder than the Millie Maker. It's 100,000 at first, but it's only a $3 entry, 20 max. The floor of those lineups are extremely high. A lot of times, I you, a lot of times you could you could play twenty essentially cash lineups into that contest and have a better shot at getting a one point five x minimum payout than doubling up in doubles, right? Because just the 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 core floor of fifty percent of the lineups in the contest are pretty bad. But that's the re- that's the reason behind it. It always comes down to people want to play these smaller field contests because it feels like they're easier to win. I only have to beat four hundred people, but you're you're playing against the best of the best. And the amount of people, if we take a look at let's say uh, the alley oop, right five fifty five alley oop, which is what you could you could play four. It's a four max, I think. But I mean, if you take a look at who's who's in here, the, the players that are in here, the percentage of the field that are really good players could be like 80 and 90% of the field. It'd be really good players. And you get how many, how many, what percentage of the field are really bad players? Zero to 2%? May not be any really bad players. But in the large field contest, you'll, you you can find five five to ten percent of the lineups in large field contests to be like essentially flushing money down the toilet, right? And the rank is fifteen percent as it is. So if you can get five to ten percent of people that are essentially flushing money down the toilet, it's essentially it's a rake reduction, right? And then the next five to ten percent of people are building lineups that have absurdly low chance of winning. Right, not horrific, horrific, but pretty. All of your lineups beat their lineups in expected value, like all of them, like all 150 you make, anything that you make. So if that next five or ten percent, essentially the rake is paid. Now it just comes down to realizing your expected value, which is tough because they're large field contests. So it's a matter of surviving and managing your bankroll enough to get the day that you do win, and the day that you do win makes up. For all the days that you lost for a year or two. And then on top of it, you have an extra 70,000 in profits. So people get disillusioned when they play DFS. They go, oh, okay, how come I'm not winning every day? It's like, well, and GPP is only like the top 22% of the field cash to begin with. Right? So you're going to lose, you're going to lose five, four out of five days regardless, even if everyone was equally skilled. So actually, the more that you lose, right? You'd right. You don't want to min cash every day because you're going to lose money doing that. You're going to bleed money doing that. So if you go four out of five days, and the one day that you win is a min cash, well, that's not going to make up for the four days that you lose. So you you want to have your winning days. Try to get the highest that you possibly can in the position. But in these large field contests, that may only happen two or three times a year. So play well and make it count. And don't, and don't waste your bankroll chasing other things 
overcompensating when when uh, when your goal is to just just survive. Uh, Derek, he says someone won a million dollars. Yes, yeah, they had the twenty five hundred dollar million DraftKings yesterday. So what's going on today? As usual, going over today's slate, what does it matter, right? As as of this point, 11 o'clock, we did this yesterday, it wouldn't have mattered, right? We wouldn't have even known uh, what Booker was even out during this show yesterday, I don't believe. But uh, we have Jalen Brown out, okay, we got that, we know that. LeBron James is questionable, I'm assuming he's playing. Then we still got the, oh, we got the Raptors guy, right? We got OG and, and FEV, what's happening with them? We got Trey Young questionable. I don't think anyone else matters, right? These guys though. Doug McDermott, does Doug McDermott matter that much? Does Avery Bradley matter? I have no idea. Probably not. But the Toronto game is a 7.30 game. Okay, so we we should know about that (coughs) pretty early. So we got a 7, a 7.30. We got seven, three 7.30 games, two 8.30 games, and a 10 o'clock. Okay. I don't mind this night. Because pretty much by 8.30, everything will be everything will be done. I don't expect much like it. You only got one 10 o'clock game to worry about. So I, I do not mind. I'll, I'll play, I'll play my 150 in the, on, on FanDuel. Seems like the pricing has gotten a bit softer on FanDuel as well. Right? Some of these guys, like Reggie Jackson, got cheaper. I'm saying Murray, Tatum. Obviously, Tatum is going to be one of the most popular players on the slate. (coughs) Marcus Smart. I mean, with Jalen Brown out, that opens up a lot of usage. This Boston-Memphis game. Actually, a close spread. San Antonio is a 123 total. That's probably pumping uh, Deontay Murray up a bit. <coughs> I don't know. I just like taking a first look. I mean, I'm not going to even build my lineups until like what? 6.30? 6.30 Eastern? Is there a point in spending the entire day looking at stuff that may change? Right, just build the lineups when you get the information. That's why we have projections. We have a team. We have a team of experts that do this. Right, we got Noto. We got Andy Means. We got uh, the Bob Reeves. We got Alan Lem. We got SBK. We got Tuttle. We got Jamino. They're always behind yelling and stuff in our Slack, changing projections, minutes, usage, everything. Injury news happens. They're on the ball. Everything gets updated in the numbers. So if you subscribe to Roto-Grinders, rotogrinders.com slash premium, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Everything gets reflected in these numbers. People, you could did people, how much time do you need to play DFS well? Well, we do most of the work for you, right? Show up at about a half an hour before lock and build your lineup. That's it. That's it. People try to reinvent the wheel. You don't. Pretty much all the work is done for you. Just take the numbers and make lineups for the contest that you're playing. 
with the appropriate projection and ownership that you think, and then build build the lineups. And there you go. You're all you're doing is is trying to put numbers together better than other people. That's it. That's it. And then obviously reacting after lock when things when when the numbers change because someone's in and someone's out, right? A starting lineup is different. Oh, this guy may get an extra three minutes. Oh, well, that's going to change things a little, a little maybe, maybe a lot. Most of the work is done, Pete. The biggest, the biggest edge now is the, the people that actually utilize the numbers and the people that look at the numbers and then still don't do it, right? That's, to me, that's the biggest edge, right? It's, it's the best of both worlds. You're sitting here. You're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume some content. I'm going to learn from Mr. Jordan Cooper about game theory and stuff, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to subscribe to Roto-Grinders. I'm going to look at this stuff and then decide to not use it. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, right. I'm going to take your course, right? I'm going to go to theoryofdfs.com, get to the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. I had to think like a professional DFS player. It'll teach you all the game theory and all the mathematical concepts for any sport for you to use, right? So you pay me, right, for a 15-hour course. And then what ends up happening is that you don't even use it. Best of both worlds for me, right? Because I'm getting money off of you and then you're still choosing not to do it. That's what 95% of people do. So someone like Max Hankin, I mean, all he's doing is he's using the projections, right? With $100,000, right? I mean, that's what that's what I do, right? I've won, I've won 100K in NBA. I've won 50K twice in NBA. Multiple other, you know, 10K, 15K stuff in NBA. I don't even watch basketball, right? I just use the numbers. And not, and not even on 150 entries, right? And tonight, I'll play 150 entries. It'll be whatever. But on the nights that I play 10 entries, that's when I win a ton. Right? When I won 100K, I did it on four entries. The 50, 50K, I think I did it on that 40, 40 to 50. 100K on four entries that I hand-built using projections. Just survive long enough to get to get it there. And use the numbers. Don't go, I don't, I'm not going to play this guy, even though he looks, he projects well. I'm going to play a guy that projects poorly because I, for, for some reason, I, for some reason, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Ayu Desunmo day. I'm just, so I'm just going to play Ayu Desunmo, even though the salary adjusted value is minus five. And I'm going to top that by also playing Luke Kennard for no reason. I mean, like, that's what that's what people do. Instead of just looking at the numbers and go, oh, over the long run, this projection model is going to be uh, way more accurate than my brain and my bias and everything and be able to weigh variables in my head. So let me just use this. Uh Ken Man says Tatum's birthday today. He's going off. Also, Tatum's also like, like with Jalen Brown out, Tatum's going to be like a 38% usage player or something like that. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with his birthday. I don't think Jalen Brown twisted his ankle for Jason Tatum's birthday. I don't think so. <clears throat> so we got anything else in the YouTube chat? 
my voice is my voice is uh, like 50 50 right now we went over yesterday's slate like a little 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 look see at today's answered some questions type in the youtube chat some of these shows are just short so what else are we going to talk about especially when my voice my voice it's, it's, I, I feel it i feel it it's 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 there if you were earlier in the week like when a good thing james was on on on, on monday like after about two or three minutes, my voice just died. Tuesday, Tuesday was iffy. I was able to go like 40 minutes. But that's why I got my water here. I got my everything here. So if you want to talk about anything in the YouTube chat, feel free to do so. Or forever hold your peace. We had a great uh, Zoom call the other day. I do Zoom calls, private, private coaching in the Roto Grinders Discord. Our, our next session is next Thursday the 10th so if you sign up for roto grinders roto grinders premium you get access to that i do private coaching in a group setting it's like a small group on zoom and people one by one we go over their own results whatever it is we don't record them or anything that that's that's part of the value add you get for being a roto grinder subscriber the next one is uh the, the next thursday night Typically, we, we shift them around, sometimes on Wednesday, sometimes on weekends, sometimes in afternoons. And when we do them at night, it's, it's typically after, after lock. So like next Thursday at like 8. I always, it's typically Tuesdays and Thursdays for NBA because there's not as many games. So like by 8 o'clock or by 8.30, like, like pretty much all the games have been locked. So, you know, so we don't have to worry about like, oh, I got to change a million things. Uh, CGS, how do you determine how much you want of a player? I understand following the model, but if you don't make edits, you get 100% of some players. You're just building lineups. How do you determine whatever amount of diversification you have? That's a risk question. And that, that there's no player here currently that you that is worth having 100%. Can you make a can you make a plus EV lineup without that player? If the answer is yes, then you don't need 100% of that player. There are some slates in NBA that it's tough to make a good lineup without a player. Right? We get situations where seven people are out and one guy projects for 700 points more than anyone else. And it's like, well, for me to not have that player, I have to sacrifice 7 million points. Even though I'm getting 90 percentage points in ownership may not ever be worth it to do that. People focus on exposures too much and not lineups, okay? Like, let me show you an example. Let me, let me, let me show you an example. Okay, we have here, right here. I'm gonna build 150 lineups, right? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be diversified enough. I'll have three uniques, right? Let me spend at least, at least, what, what doesn't matter? 59,000, doesn't matter. 59,5 is that, doesn't matter what the salary floor is, right? Okay. I use no randomness, no nothing, right? No running exposures, no whatever. I just want 150 lineups and a, and a 2v2 difference. Let's, 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 build, let's build 20 just, just for time purposes, okay? I'm going to build 20 lineups. Now, these 20 lineups have no cap on it, okay? Which means this first lineup essentially is the highest projected lineup 
based on our current projections, 324.97, right? This is 324.68, 324, right? Like these are cash type lineups. These aren't necessarily large field GPP lineups. They're too high owned, okay? But if you just played these top 20, you, you play 95% Jason Tatum. Well, do I want to play 95%? No, I just want to play good lineups. So maybe I look down here and I go, I don't mind sacrificing points for ownership, right? So we look 297 ownership. So let's just say I'm making up a number that I want to play lineups with an ownership sum of 220. Like I said, I'm making up a number for the sake of an example, 220, okay? Which means my projection's obviously going to go down. How far down? Let's see. So let's take a look at this build, okay? So 218, 314 is the top line. So you're giving up about 10 points of projection. If you're playing large field GPPs, maybe giving up 10 points is fine. Let's just say it is. Okay. You're still getting 17 out of 20 liners with Jason Tatum. 70% with Jake Jakob Pertle. There's probably a lot more lineups. He's like 314, 314, 313. So let's let's build, let's build 50 lineups with that type of ownership. With at least a 2v2. And let's just say we, we're, we're calling these good lineups, plus EV lineups. Let's just say. Like I said, I don't know. Getting a lot of Luca, Tatum, Siakam, Vincent. Can you find other lineups here? Like, let's say here are your 50 lineups. But you're only going to play 10 of them. Okay. So choose the you could choose whatever. Let's say you say out of all these all these fifty lineups are about equal to each other. Let's just we'll just say they all have the requisite amount of projection versus ownership. So all fifty are equal. Now, obviously, a lot of them have Luca in it. A lot of them have Tatum in it. But you could choose ones that don't. Right? We go through here. We go which ones don't have uh, Luca. We could save those. Let's say we have don't have ones that don't have Luca. Right? Here's one without Luca, right? There's okay. I need to see where he is. Okay. Here's one without Luca. Here's one without Luca. Here's one without Luca. Here's one with him. Here's one with them. Here's one with them. Now let's take a look at ones that don't have Tatum in. Okay. Tatum here. So we got eight lineups without Tatum. So let's 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 see if we can find them. There's no way to sort by a not a not function. This this doesn't this doesn't have Tatum. Okay. There. There's a Tatum, 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 Tatum. Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Right, most most of them will. Yeah, okay, here we go. There's there's a Tatum down there. Here's one with that. Okay, shoot that one. 
This is a non-Tatum lineup. Yeah, this is a non-Tatum. The ones that don't that don't have Tatum typically have Luca. There's a Tatum, Tatum. There's one without Tatum. Okay, got that. Here's another one. This one. Okay, here's one without Tatum. Uh, let's see. Tatum, 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 Tatum. Here's here's one. Okay, here here's another one. I'm doing this for a reason. I'm not saying you should pick out the ones that don't have them in it. Here's one with Luca and no Tatum. So we, if we go under the assumption that all of these 50 lineups from an expected value perspective is equal. I mean, if you were to only play 10 of them, whatever 10 you want to play would be fine. Right, here's one without Tatum, right? You were only to play 10 of them. I saved 12, okay? So here's 12, right? Let's get rid of two of them. Right, Pirtle is 92. One's without, is there one without Pirtle? Let's see, Pirtle and Siak. We get rid of, we get rid of that. Right, get rid of that, Pirtle and Siak. There are Pirtle and Siak. Okay, there you go. So let's say, here are these 10 lineups. Nine of Siak, nine of Pirtle, eight of Luca, eight of DeAndre Hunter. I mean, where's Tatum here? Two lineups with Tatum. Okay, so you can play these 10 lineups. If you're choosing between those 10 versus any other 10 in that set of 50. But you could also choose 10 and all 10 have Tatum in. <clears throat> you could choose all 10 that have Luka. The exposures don't matter. The lineups matter. You're viewing each of these lineups about equal to each other. So the question is, what 10 out of the 50 do you play? Whichever 10 you want. And if you want to be more diversified, be more diversified between the 10 that you play or choose not to. Say, I want to play all 10 Jason Tatum lineups because those lineups individually, the nine players in those lineups are plus EV. And you can fly, look, we found lineups that didn't have Tatum that were the same expected value. So the exposures do not matter. Exposures represent your risk tolerance and diversification, not your strategy. Yes, if you don't play a lot of datum, you're probably going to end up with Siak. You're probably. Based on the numbers we have right now. So it's not a matter of how much do a, of a player do I want. It's a matter of what, what lineups are plus EV, and I need X amount of them. I need 150 of them. Which 150 do I choose out of the 1,500 I can? Whichever 150 you want to choose. <sighs> Peter Ortenberg asks, if you're staying true to your bankroll management, do you still play an MME tournament with only 40 lineups out of the max 150? Yeah, why not? That's what I mostly do. The max entry number doesn't matter to you. Every lineup is independent. I would highly suggest you pick up the theory of daily fantasy sports. 
It's amazing how how these answers, these questions has been. I've answered them probably three hundred and seventy four thousand times. You just have to essentially just watch and listen to content, or you can get it all in one one bunch. Fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player. People say that, oh, I'd, I wish there was content out there that taught me how to play. Well, there is. There's tons of it. The only thing you have to do, you got to watch. You got to listen to it. It's available. It's all available to you. You get the answers to all of those questions. You will literally know everything I know. You will know everything that all the sharp players know. You just have to listen to it. Right, that's all you have to do. Imagine just taking the time to listen to this stuff, to watch content. So the theory of daily fantasy sports, theoryofdfs.com, 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. Did you see my voice is given? That's probably because I've answered the same questions 178,000 times. To people that have access to watch all the shows and they show up and I don't know why. Why do I have to repeat things? I have no idea. It baffles me. So all these concepts I've talked about, if you go back to the first ever DFS pregame show, start from there and continue watching. You'll get put like within, within, uh, within six weeks worth of shows, probably, you'll probably sit there and bang your head against the wall. You go, why, why, why are people asking the same thing? Didn't he just answer this four days ago? And then you'll watch a week later and go, didn't he just answer this a week ago? Why is he explaining the same thing again? Didn't he answer that same thing three weeks ago? And then the same thing again, 10 days later? This, and, then he, and then you bang your head even more. Just like, I heard, I've heard that username before. The guy just asked the same question three times in four different weeks. Why didn't, he just, why didn't you just rewatch the show from yesterday? Flummoxes me as well. So go to theoryofdfs.com, pick that up, join our Discord. You can see my voice is going. My voice is done. My voice is done for the day. Join the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Join the Blenders Game Theory channel to be part of those private coaching calls. And uh, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. On your way out the door, hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, Grant's live locks later today. We got Grinders live going over this this uh, DFS slate. More closer to when we know what the hell's going on, right? Is Fred Van Fleet going to play? Who knows? We'll see. And uh, and yeah, so uh, we'll go we'll we'll go over what happened on this slate tomorrow, and answer your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. Thank <laughs> you.